0: That's the announcements. If you'd uh, open your Bible to Acts 27, we'll endeavor to uh, look into the Word of God. Let's let's pray. Always a good idea, right? Uh, Father, your Word will last way after this world is is gone. You've put uh, your Word above your name. We, we love your word. We, we, I mean, the reason, a beautiful day like today, and there's so few of them, we would be uh, doing a lot of things out of doors, and, but we've you know, put this time aside to be at this place at this time because of your great word. So Lord, teach us and show us and uh, bless us and thrill us and be glorified in the whole process. In Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 27, and when it was determined that we should sail to Italy. Now, if you're just visiting, you're saying, what? Who's sailing? Where? Italy? What's Okay, what's going on? Paul has been arrested. He's been tried like three times now. He appealed to Caesar, and this is before um, Festus, and then Festus says, okay, you want to appeal to Caesar, you're a Roman citizen, we'll send you to Caesar. And the next day, this King Agrippa comes and visits Festus, who's the new governor. Um, And he says, uh, "Hey, I want you to, you know, check this guy out." And so he has another trial before Festus, before Agrippa, I mean. Agrippa, verse 28, said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. The language is a little obscure. It's it's like, so soon you would think that you would uh, persuade me to be a Christian. Paul said, yeah, I, I would to God. He answered in the affirmative, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost, and altogether, such as I am, except these, uh, except these bonds. I mean, I, I want you to experience the freedom in Christ. I don't want you to experience the bondage I'm experiencing, but other than that, yes, yes, the answer is yes. I would, I would be, you know, have you be a Christian. Don't sneak up on people. Just be bold. Tell them right up front, yeah, I'd like to see you be saved. Uh, well, this is America. You can't do that. Well, yes, you can. it's incumbent upon you Uh, you know when did uh, preaching the gospel become such a bad thing well (laughs) it's always been a bad thing in Satan's kingdom and Satan's kingdom is more prevalent nowadays that's the only thing Um, uh, I love people in general don't you I mean all things being equal the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us is there anyone you want to really go to hell I mean we we said in the past and God forgive us we, we said oh go to hell if you haven't, I have, okay? I'm just, maybe you, you're way above that. I haven't done it in close to 40 years because I know what that involves. Now that I've been saved, I've just saved 39 years in a few months, okay? I, I keep track of stuff like that. Look, there's nobody in my life I would look right in the eye and say, I hope you burn in hell. That is so far foreign to my thought, my heart. I, there's nobody who, there's some people who've, Hurt me like these people have hurt you, but I don't want to see them go to hell. And I pray for them, and, and praying for them, and forgiving them delivers me from bitterness. And by the way, if you're if you're having bitterness, what you do? You forgive and you pray for somebody, and your bitterness will go away. Say not really. Y- yeah, really. You got a better plan to uh, deliver somebody from bitterness? I, I abjure you. Tell me. But this is what I have found out from Scripture. This is how this is how you. Um, you get over that. I don't want anyone to go to hell. And in not telling people about Jesus Christ, the default button set on hell. I know, I know, I know America. I mean, I've been here a long time, my whole life, right? I was born here. I've, I've lived here my whole life, except for the year I was in Japan in the military. But this is my home. And I know how America Americans think. You're a good person. You do more good than bad. In their estimation, you're going to heaven. We'll, you'll have a pine box and or a fancy coffin, and a pastor, a guy generally with his you know shirt on, collar on backwards, will say, well, he's in a better place now. And they will lie to you. They will lie. That's what they do professionally. I'm a professional liar. I, I, he's in a better place. We don't have Scripture to support that. We don't know. He's probably not, but we'll just say that and make everyone feel better by lying to them. Me? <laughs> if, I will do a funeral for an unbeliever. But if you're asking me to lie, guess what? No. No. I ain't going to do it. Uh, my my word is, is kind of sacred to me. I don't easily just say things just for the sake of saying them. So he's talking and he says, yeah, I would that you're saved. This is the uttermost, like me. I wish you were just like me. Oh, except for these chains. I don't want that for you. And when he had thus spoken, the king rose up, and the governor and Bernice, uh, that's the, uh, the king's consort, his wife, and they that sat with them. When the king rose up and leaves, okay, the meeting's over, all right? It, it's time to go home." And that's basically what happened. And when they were gone aside, who's they? Festus, along with this uh, King Agrippa, when they had gone aside, they talked between themselves saying, "This man doeth nothing worthy of death or of bonds." Well, duh, we all knew that from the time he was arrested. You're finally Get it? You understand it too. Then, set a grip on the Festus. This man might have been set at liberty if he had not appealed unto Caesar. Well, God had determined that He's going to go and talk with Caesar, and His appeal to Caesar, I think, was both wise on Paul's part. And it was in the plan of God. They're saying like, oh yeah, we would have set him free. Yeah, you would have, right? He's been in prison for two years. You could have set him free at any time. But you haven't done it. Now all of a sudden he's appealing to Caesar. He's going to Caesar. And again, this is in the plan of God. And it's now, chapter 27, verse 1, and it was determined that we should sail to Italy. Why? Because that's where Caesar lives. That's why they're going there, right? They delivered Paul and certain other prisoners under one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. We say goodbye to um, uh, Lysias. I can't remember his name. The, the other centurion. Okay, now he's uh, delivered to this new one, Julius. I like Julius from what I know about him. Right? Obviously, he's probably named after Julius Caesar. He's a centurion. Centurions in Scripture are generally commendable. They're they're good people. Uh, it's the faith of that centurion where where Jesus says, "I haven't seen." faith like this in all of Israel. They're, they're, they're rugged, they're, they're leaders of men, and they're usually spoken of in, in positive terms. And I, I know what happens with Julius. I, I, like I say, I like him. I wonder if we'll see him in heaven. And I kind of think, I know, I know it's past my job description, it's above my pay grade, but I, my guess would be that Julius is converted to the faith when he sees and he deals with Paul. So uh, entering into a ship of uh, Adramedium, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus of Macedonia of Thessalonica being with us. Who's us? Pa- uh, Paul, Luke, who's writing this, and now Aristarchus. Who else? We don't know. At least those three. Aristarchus is uh, talked about in several scriptures. He, he's of Thessalonica. That's all we know about him here. Uh, and the next day, we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. Is there, are, is there a church? Is there believers? Obviously, uh, here at Sidon. And uh, Paul, yeah, you can go. Yeah, you can go to church or, or whatever. You can go visit with your friends, and Julius, that's very courteous. He doesn't have to do that. He's a prisoner. Uh, he hasn't been convicted of anything. He's appealed to Caesar. He's a Roman citizen. So Julius has this—you know—he's with other prisoners. They are convicted. A lot of them are going to uh, Rome to the Colosseum to to be gladiators, to get killed by gladiators, to be eaten by wild animals in the in the arena at the Colosseum, things like that. Uh, here um Paul isn't one of them Paul has a, so he he can extend this graciousness to him and he does and when we had launched from thence we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary and when we had sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia we came to Myra a city of Lycia so he's, this is kind of a travel log you know i could Show it to you on a map if it interests you. It kind of interests me. And you have maps in a Bible that will show, you know, if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Most people, they just look at this and they go, yeah, okay, whatever. And so that's why I kind of, you know, just skip right over it. Uh, read them. It's the Word of God. Uh, and some people are very, very interested in those things. And you can study them out yourself if you're one of those people. So here they are at the city of uh, Lycia, and there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing unto Italy, and he put us therein, because that's where they're headed. They're going to Italy. So it's an Alexandrian ship, Alexandria, north coast of Africa. And when we'd sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against Canitis, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete uh, over against Salmone. And hardly passing it came to a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will, will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. What's going on here? Is Paul prophesying Maybe he doesn't say the Lord told me, but Paul, you remember in Second Corinthians chapter eleven. We can we have enough time. We can turn there right quick. Okay, uh, go to Second Corinthians, or or I will, and you can just listen whatever you whatever you want, whatever your uh, pleasure. Uh, he's kind of reading his like resume. Chapter twenty, uh, chapter 11, verse 24, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. <sighs> I don't want to receive one of them, and I don't want to receive a whole beating. He's done it five times. That would leave a mark. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. And we read about that at... Uh, at uh, Derby. You remember he he, he met uh, met up with Timothy? Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. What's the deep? The ocean. <laughs> Floating on some sort of wreckage for a night and a day. I don't want to do that. Not just because you get pruny toes or something, because you'd be thinking about sharks and, you know, um you're hungry, right? Is somebody serving you dinner out there? Not so much. It's just survival at this point. Well, he's gone through that already, and he, was, he had suffered shipwreck three times. Now, I've got the question. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians the second letter, is this before or after this little adventure here? It was before he had already had three shipwrecks, not counting the Acts 27 shipwreck. So maybe Paul's just saying, listen, I, I've been out in these waters before. Hey, imagine that. So Acts, up to this point, he's been shipwrecked three times, and we haven't heard about it. Man, it just wasn't in the flow of what the Spirit was trying to communicate to us. We do understand it from Second Corinthians chapter 11. And here, uh, he's like, hey, ah, guys, listen. We're at a nice little port. Let's stay here for the winter. Um, they, they were caught, verse 8, it was the Fair Havens. I want to stay in a place called the Fair Havens, okay? I mean, that sounds like pleasant. It was, it was just named that to you know, lure them in. I think what's happened there, it's a kind of a hick, not happening now there's no brothels, there's no bars, there's no, and I think that's a problem. Okay, now we don't want to stay here. The sailors say. I mean, what are we going to do? You know, go back to the inn and read. <laughs> this isn't a happening place. Uh, Paul's like, look at this; could go very badly. I've sailed these waters at this time of the year. It's after the fast. What fast? There's only one in Scripture that where Hebrew, where Jewish people commanded to fast. Anyone know what that is? Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It's the only fast commanded by Scripture. And you know, I know a lot of uh, people like to try to keep Jewish laws, and they think that we're supposed, we're in, that's incumbent upon us. Well, fine. You you can't keep the Day of Atonement. I, I mean, you physically can't. You're going to go. You know, take a goat to the high priest and, and have them by lottery select. What high priest where? They're going to kill the, la- uh, the, the goat, set one off into the wilderness, and you can fast. I mean, you can do that part of it. You, there's no temple. There's no high priest. Everyone always tells me, oh, yeah, I like keep Jewish, you know, how do you, how do, you do Yom Kippur? That's, that's a tough one. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway so that's the time it's fast and after that because that happens in like our September-ish October time of year and Mediterranean think about this you know where they are they're in the, northern, above the, in the northern hemisphere okay closer to the equator than we are by quite a bit but they're still in the northern hemisphere their winter happens the same time our winter happens you know it's reversed down the southern hemisphere you know that right uh, they're just coming into we're just coming into spring they're just going into fall that's how it works uh, and, of course, the farther you get away from the equator, the more extreme we 're quite a bit away from the equator uh, right on about the forty fifth parallel right so we're, it gets pretty extreme in maine, but you already know that uh, that 's why a lot of people go south for the winter because it 's less extreme because it 's more temperate climbs but here in the Mediterranean, you have the winds, you have you know things churning up, and you know if you 're sailing in like late october early november that 's that 's crazy you 're going to They don't have motorboats. They have wind. It's wind power. They have sails and they have rudders. And that's how they uh, uh, locomote from one place to another. And if those winds are not favorable, well, you're going to get yourself in a pickle. Paul's like, hey, you know, here we are at Fairhaven. Why don't we just winter here? And they're like, uh, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. This is a very, very, very important verse. What are they basing their decisions on? The centurion's saying, well, this guy's a, he's, he's a naval guy. And, of course, all his crew is saying, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we don't want to went the hair captain. Come on. And, by the way, where they their objective, it's just only about 40-something miles away. We're not saying, hey, we want to, you know, make it the trip to Italy. We're we're just we're just gonna, you know, go from this island to the other side of this island. It's better there. Why? It's a more happening town. That's the whole thing, I think. Uh, and so, what happens? Well, listen. What happens in your life? Who speaks into your life, and who gives you the 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 information where you make decisions? Well, this guy's an expert. He's, he's the one who knows all the stuff. He's the captain of the ship. And so Julius, he's like, okay, this guy's a, a rabbi turned tent maker who believes in this dead guy who he's saying is alive and the captain of the ship. <laughs> who should we believe? Hey, I had a question for you. Who do you believe? Who do you, And by the way, you, you, dentist can be a really, really good dentist without being a Christian. I know that. I know that. Right? Uh, that's the case with my dentist. I hope he's listening to this, boy. I'd like to hear him. <laughs> hope he downloads this. He's a great guy, great dentist. He's been very, very good to us. Is he born again? No. Is he competent and capable? Sure. So, you know, I'm making a decision about the house, and I'm thinking like, because our furnace went like, I'm thinking what, five, six years ago now get a guy to fix it and kind of limp through the rest of the heating season and he says you're going to need a new one yada yada so I was talking to all my friends I got some early technically because uh, because I've been a builder my whole life and I and I uh, in my whole adult life I've been in construction so I'm talking to people who like a construction people I'm saying so what do, what do I need to know what do I need to do what should I go for and I was talking to people who are like know a lot more than me don't you do that I mean, don't you? Because I, I do. Now, they have to be Christian people to know anything at all about heating systems. Well, obviously not. We know that. I get that. But listen, I want, I want my life to look like something. I want, my ma- I want my marriage to look like something. So what do I do? Well, I don't know about you, but I watch Oprah. <laughs> Has she ever been married like one day in her life? She's got a lot to say about marriage and how to treat women and all this stuff. I'm like, why would I listen to you? Why? I, why would? Don't you presuppose if I want a marriage to look like something? When I ask somebody who's been married a long time and who's like married, they're, they're rocking at their house. Their wife is like so happy; she is just thinking her husband is like he's awesome, and she's. When I ask him, okay, what's the secret? What are you doing? Wouldn't you, if a guy had a Bible in his hand? And says, you know what the, the Bible says? You know what the Word of God says about this? Pick, pick a, any choice in your life, anything you want to know about. Uh, we were just talking about this. I was talking with Josiah. Your, what you take in, what you listen to, what you watch, the, the TV programs, the movies, the, the, the stuff that you take in shapes your thinking. Your thinking shapes your choices. Your choices is your life. Well, I listen to all the experts. I, I, you know, when I want to know what's going on, I listen to CNN. That's, I, I'm just saying. I'm glad you laugh at that. You know, uh, there was a recent poll, like 47 people don't believe what they see on CNN. And I'm thinking, praise God, finally. I knew it. As soon as it came on the air, I'm thinking like, I went to like three and a half minutes and saying, they're not trying to inform us. They're trying to shape our thinking. You know what the problem is, though? 53% of America can't walk and chew gum at the same time. They believe CNN is a legitimate news agency or whatever out there. You say, Adam, that's harsh. No, it's not. We should know where our sources are, and we should listen to the people who are going to help us actually make decisions. So I was talking to Josiah, because he's talking about going to Bible college. I said, you know, they're going to shape you for the rest of your life. What you learn. I have a good friend of mine, right? He's um, a... I'm millennialist. Is that theologically incorrect? Yes. Is he a heretic? No. No, I'm not mean to. But why would you be wrong about scripture? And I showed him in the Bible. I'm millennial. This is why it is absolutely positively that's wrong. That's incorrect. And you know he said to me, "Well, back in Bible college, and this guy like thirty something years ago, you know that's Bible teacher I was very fond of, and he showed me a he lied to you, or at least he was mistaken." And I was like, really, like, forsake that. This is what Scripture says. This, it's, it's obvious. And he was like, well, you know, back in Bible college. Ser- true story. I think he's an amillennialist to this day. Still a good friend. I mean, that's not like where I base my friendships on. If you're an amillennialist, get out of here. I ain't going to be with you. I hate you now. Get out of here. No, but why would you be wrong about something? So I said, you know, this is, he said, he was looking at uh, different colleges, he, went to his, he was telling me, he said he went to this one where, uh, this service where the, the pastor had an opinion and he shared it and he kind of cherry picked verses to support his opinion. You, you're shaking your head no. Well, he was shaking his head no and said, that's not for me. And I'm thinking, that's good, godly, that's, that's correct, that's not for you. Welcome to 90% of churches in America today. Look, uh, you're saying, Adam, that's harsh. It's not. It's the truth. It's, 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 this is where the church is. I don't, I don't go by verse by verse because I really don't even care. I'm kind of smarter than the Bible anyway. It's an old book. It's been retranslated a thousand times. You can't really rely on it, but let me tell you how it works out. You can rely on me. You can trust me. I'll give you my opinion, and I'll use the, the Bible the way I want to use it to back up the point that I'm trying to make anyway. This is Christianity. Many, many churches um, I've gone to Bible college, I'm smart, I've got letters after my name, and I'll tell you what the Bible says. And if you point out, well, Jesus didn't feel that way, Jesus felt this way about the Bible. I have like, for instance, we'll have a, a pastor who'll believe in evolution. And Jesus will say, no, from the beginning, God made them male and female, From the beginning. There was no beginning before the beginning. There was no pond scum that got hit by lightning. And and then billions and billions and trillions and quadrillions of years later, here we are. Jesus didn't believe that. Well, you know, we have more scientific tools than Jesus had at his disposal. Wait a second. You know more than God Uh, you might want to walk that back. You might want to reconsider. But this is Christianity in America. We don't listen to Paul. We get our sources from science. Or so we think. And then we've shaped our decision. Hey, this is, this is wrong. This is the problem. We send our kids off to school and to college and stuff like that. And they're going to run to a professor who's going to shred their faith biblically No, he's not going to engage the Bible. He will just look at them like benign, like faith, a blind faith, and he will undergird, undermine, and then when their faith goes sideways and they've put aside the things of God, then we all just wring our hands, oh, how did this happen? How did this happen? Why do we let those godless influences in our life? Hey, I applaud Ones who homeschool their kids, or ones who you know put their kids in at least a, a, a Christian school, I applaud that. Public school, um, God says that's where you're supposed to put your kids. I, I, I. What am I going to say? I, he won't say. God wouldn't say that to me. I'll tell you that. Uh, now you say, I thought you kids went to public school. Yeah, a generation ago, and even even then. And if you talk to Mikey, he's he's all right. You know, he he made it through, but his brother, I wonder, you know, when his brother's faith was shipwrecked, I wonder if that was part of it. I don't know. Listen, it's very, very important who you listen to. And I'm looking at uh, people's posts, and I, yeah, I listen to this one and this one and this one, and, and I'm thinking, really? Man, yeah. And so could I come up with a list of people who you shouldn't listen to? No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. I don't I don't wanna disparage and stuff like this, but I try to go towards Calvary Chapel and even though Calvary Chapels aren't created equal, I, I know that at least they take the Bible seriously and they take the Bible like literally and at least they get a a, a shot at getting it right. Am I infallible if I would claim that? No. You study the Bible, you come up with and if you disagree with me and you think you have the verses, you know. Praise God, take take the but who are you listening to? Who's talking in your life? Who's giving you all the influences? Uh, they're not listening to Paul. Neville, sincerely believe the master nor the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Is that a problem? Sure, it is. And because the haven was not commodious to winter, and why wasn't it commodious? I don't think it was a happening town. <laughs> the, the ship's anchored there. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think everything's fine. The more pot advised to pot then. So also, if by any means they might. Uh, uh, attain to Phoenicia, and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. So it is commodious that way, weather-wise, but again, I think it's a more of a happening place. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their pur- purpose, loosing thence and sailed close by Crete. So you come to your decision, you're Kadesh Barnea moment, should I go f- and do what God's told me to do, or should I think like, well, I'm, I'm too cool for school, and I know more than God does, and I'm going to make this decision. I, I've been thinking about this a lot in my life, and I keep coming back to this. Kadesh Barnea. Okay, they're coming. They've come uh, through um, the the wilderness, right? They're, they're coming to that. Okay, promised land. Here we go. Let's go. We got this. Uh, God's with us. Kadesh, glory. Barnea, barrenness. Is that a stock contrast? I want you to understand. It is always that stock of contrast. I'm going to go where God wants me. It's going to be glorious, good, and wonderful. Uh, will there be giants there? Will there be adventure? Oh, it's to be sure. But do you want barrenness? I'm going to make this decision because I look at this and I can't see it. I can't see that happening at all. So I'm going to do not what God tells me. I'm going to do what I think is best. Well, they go on a 40-year death march. They kind of spiral around the desert, kind of walking in here and there, basically waiting for everyone to die. Their daily task and sit mostly just walking about, kicking up sand, swatting away flies, waiting to die. Uh, I think I want that. What was option A again? Uh, uh, Yeah, I think I want the promised land. I think I want God's best for my life. I think I want to be where God wants me to be. We'll pray at that point and we'll do what God wants us to do. Or we'll pray after that point when we're sideways in a ditch. God, help me. Restore Fix and isn't that our life in a nutshell? God, what do you want for my life? And and I was talking to Josiah and I said, after you've prayed and God has directed, look me in the eye and say, I really feel like God has directed. Then I'll be okay. That goes further than we had The whole a whole band is graduating. What are you doing? And if the answer is, well, I think I want to, uh, <laughs> don't just use the term. Well, I've prayed in God and don't play those games. But I mean. Bother to consult with headquarters. Bother to ask Lord. Bother let God speak into you. Give him the opportunity. It's incumbent upon him to lead. He's the shepherd. The sheep don't lead. But he wants to lead. He wants to guide. He, know, he made us. He knows every fiber of our being. He knows what will make us happy. He knows what will make us prosperous. He knows what will, is the way that he's going to direct. Bother to ask him. We don't know more than he knows. Will He really like speak into my life and direct me and guide me? Yes, yes. (laughs) If if this never happened to you, I I want you to understand something. Jesus says, "My sheep hear My voice." Yes, He will actually. Well, I'll I'll physically hear His voice. Mm, Probably not. I've heard God speak into my heart. I've never heard audible voice. I, I know people have claimed that they have, and maybe they have for all that matter. He's never spoken into my, with an audible voice, but he's always been there to guide me, to direct me. To, no, 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 not that way, Adam, back this way, back this way. Why? Because he loves me, and he knows how to get his message to me. Sometimes people are speaking to me, and they're just talking, and I, in what they're saying is God's direction for the next phase of my life. And I pray, Lord, is this you speaking? Is this what you're doing? Is this what you're guiding me into? And every time you make the wrong choice, this is why I started telling this little story. Every time you make the wrong choice, there's going to be favorable winds and you think you have obtained your purpose. Satan will make sure that happens. Uh, so here they are. Uh, when the, uh, but not long, uh, oh, oh, and the south wind blew softly. That's always the first step in the wrong direction. You're going to get a nice, favorable little tailwind. and Oh, see? Yay! They, they obtained their person. L- the, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, and that's what always happens, guys. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. That's always what happens. Not long after, there rose a tempestuous wind called and If they have a wind, has a name, that's not a good thing, okay? Okay. Uh, is this Scirocco? Is this mild breeze? No, it's Eurocliden. It almost sounds like cyclone from Europe. I don't know what it is. It's it's bad, and it drives them. And when the ship was caught up and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. What else could you do? They're in a they're in a a hurricane. All right, they're it's it's we thought we had obtained our purpose but this is not our purpose this is nobody's purpose this is the wind is is running the show now and running under a certain island which is called claudia we had much work to come by the boat that's the little dinghy the little boat that's behind that they're towing that takes you know when when you're offshore it, you, you you let it down you get to shore and back and this like a pilot boat when they had taken up which, when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. Again, the wind's doing all the driving. Is the spirit of God leading? No. Is their desires leading? No. It's just wind. Uh, and we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighten the ship. What does that mean? They threw out the cargo. <laughs> it it's it's, a, it's probably about a 200 foot ship it's not a small little okay some people say 150 all right, i don't give you that you know it's a, it's, what's 50 feet among friends it's a big grain ship that's what it is and it this displacement is like huge the, the it's it's big it, that's all that's the thing so they're sitting low in the water they're trying to get you know more ballast they try not ballast more lighter so they they're throwing out stuff right rid of every last everything to, to, you know, for, that's weighing them. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Why? Because this is the thing. No sun, no stars. How are they going to get their bearings? They don't. They get Well, they just check their GPS, right? <laughs> no. Uh, that's only been in my lifetime, right? So how do they know where they are? They don't. The storm's driving. And they have given up hope that they're going to be saved. By the way, is that you? Is anyone here today? I've given up hope. I haven't seen sun or stars in so many days. I don't even know which end is up anymore. I've I've, I've given up hope. Uh, There's no light at the end of this tunnel. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Listen, uh, so many young people try to commit suicide. Someone said it was like one in three attempt at some point. That's a horrific statistic if it's true. If it's 1 in 300, that's a a, a a horrific statistic if it's true. I suppose it's a lot more than 1 in 300. You know what happens? They, the light at the end of the tunnel vanishes. They can't see that Oh, it's going to be alright. Speaking of their life, it's going to be alright. Why? Because there's God. And when there's God, there's hope. You know what a lot of kids do? Well, One, it doesn't matter anyway. We're just cleverly arranged pond scum there was was pond scum, lightning hit it and factor in a few billion years here we are, it's just some happy accident, we're not really here for a purpose, we're not going anywhere and what's the point of it all there's not really any point now try to tell them the meaning of life after you've told them that, there is none and I just want the pain to go away is what they'll tell you you are not guaranteed that the pain is going to go away when you take your life. Write it out. There's God. Factor in God. Uh, 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 This is Luke writing. Uh, uh, There was no hope. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Is Luke. Christian, is he going to heaven? Yeah, but in the here and now, there's no. It's not, this can't end well. Paul had already, was he prophesying? I don't know, but he said it and we're living it now. We, we, man, we, we did the stupidest, we're on the wrong. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. So long absence, Paul hadn't eaten in a long time. Uh, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, we, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete. And to have gained this harm and loss. And I exhort you, by, uh, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among among you, but of the ship. Why? Because there's a God. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, because Jesus doesn't make mistakes, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. There's so much stuff here. Let's let's go slow. You should have listened to me. For, I hope your spouse isn't that. You should have listened to me. Per, mine's not. I told you so. Oh, I hope you. I hope you don't have those people in your life because right now I'm going to drown Paul. Okay, I'm just going to throw him overboard. At this. As a, a great fish is going to swallow him up like Jonah and vomit him in Caesar's court. But I don't need him in my life telling me, I told you so, right? When everything's going sideways, I don't, I, I don't want the I told you so guy in my life. You know what the problem is? They didn't listen to Paul, and now they're a a sea. You know what the problem in America is? We don't listen to Paul, and now we're just being blown about by the wind. Every time. So we got to listen to Paul? Well, Paul, Peter, James, John... Luke, Moses. You need direction in your life. Or you just, there's no stars, there's no sun, the wind is driving, and you don't know where you are, where you're going, and how to correct. And after, you're going to get to the point where all hope is, we've abandoned all hope, it's going to come out good. Listen to Paul. Listen to Paul. You should have listened to Paul. Now you can listen to Paul. Factor God in, because he's going to. I exhort you to be of good cheer. There shall no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Luke is like, there's no hope. And Paul's like, Psh, Luke, how long have you been with me? Dude, no one's going to die. Nobody at all. There stood by me this night, the angel of God. Wouldn't Jesus bother to show up? No, Jesus can go, come, or he can send an angel. Here's the thing. He sends his angel, with a good message, by the way. I would welcome a visitation by an angel like that. But I don't want to, you know, I was talking to Will Cass, and he had some, Will Cass tells the best stories, but he goes through the most horrific things to mine those stories out of life. And I'm thinking, you get the best stories, dude, but I don't want to go through what you go through to get those stories. I'll just tell your stories. Secondhand are better than nothing. I don't, want to have, I don't want to be in the middle of a, the, the, the Mediterranean to get to the point where an angel has to visit me to give me the good. I, I don't want to go through that, right? I, I welcome an angel, but I don't want to welcome the storm that brings the angel in the first place. Jesus showed up in the, in the jail cell. And, be of good cheer, Paul. You did great. I don't want to go through three riots to have Jesus come and tell me that. I did great, okay? I don't, I don't want the riots. I don't want the shipwreck. I don't want the storm. So uh, I'd love to see an angel. I'd love to have the Lord himself come and visit me, but I don't want all the stuff that go, accompanies it. So I, I don't get the visits, but I don't get the storms either, so I don't know. I think I'm ahead of the game. But anyway, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve. And he's talking to all the sailors. They don't know this God. Hey, there's a God. He's created God. Uh, he sent an angel, a messenger, and this is what the created God who, uh, who I love, who I serve, this is what he told me. Hey, no, no, nothing's going to happen. No one's going to die. This is happy news. I hope he got the right God because uh, we're all going to die and it's going to be very n- ugly when we do. We're going to be gasping for breath as waves go over our head and we're going to be hoping against hope that someone's going to come and save us. What? We're we're not going to die? I I, I like your God. Let's listen to him. Uh, Do any of these sailors, does Julius become a Christian after this? They had testimony. Fear not, Paul. You're going to be brought to Caesar because I, I, I don't stutter. When I say it, I mean it. When God says a thing, he means a thing. And God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. What's that all about? It's God. He's gracious. And don't you think Paul has prayed for them? Okay, Lord, we're in a pickle now. Please help us out. Lord, save us all. Deliver us all. And here's an angel. Yep, yep. You're going to Caesar. You know that, right? You, you already get Jesus already told you all that stuff. But you know what? God's going to save everybody. You're going to give these people an opportunity. They 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 they're with Paul the apostle, the greatest evangelist who ever lived. Do you think God doesn't want to save them? For God so loved the world. Do you know the world? The the crazy people out there that we were part of and still are. That world, the world that drives us crazy, the world that we debate every day, that world, God so loved, he gave his only begotten son. Does God love these sailors? Even though they don't know him or love him, they don't care about him, and they make really stupid decisions? We've sown the wind. We're reaping the whirlwind. We're a sea. We're being blown about. Does God love this culture? Yeah. Yeah. You know, You can debate and love. And if you can't do both of them, if you think those are extremes, well then just love. Pray for. Will God save? Will he rescue? You don't have to. You know what the great thing about God is? You don't have to twist his arm behind his back, get him in some sort of hammer lock, and you will, and no, 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 no. That's not what prayer is about. He's willing you don't have to change his mind. You, he's, he's the one who loves. Where we, 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 kind did of Johnny come lately with this love stuff? He's been loving for millennia, forever, for time and memorial. He's the ancient of days. At the beginning, he already was, and he was already loving. This is not like a Johnny come lately. Oh, I should love them, Adam? Oh, I should? Well, no, he's been doing that forever. We don't have to convince him to love. We don't have to convince him to save. This salvation idea, the cross and Jesus coming to earth, that was his idea. That wasn't our idea. We don't have to convince him. I love that about God. He's gracious. Paul, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I love your prayer. I love your prayer life, Paul. I'm going to save you. You got, I, you got testimony to this, this crazy Nero guy. Was he crazy at the time? I, bet, I believe he he's crazy after he rejected Paul's message. I want to reach Nero. You got, you got an appointment with Nero, but here's the deal. I'll save them all, Paul, just because you asked. I love the Lord. Um, I've given all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it should shall be even as, as it was told me. And by the way, you don't even have to believe. You're getting saved anyway. You're in the bargain whether you believe or not. I love that. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. I'm thinking of Gilligan's Island when I read this story. <laughs> hey, it's only a few miles away. What could go wrong? Three-hour tour. It'd be fine, right? Oh, my goodness. When the 14th night was come, see, that's why I don't want to see an angel. When 14 nights where you don't see sun, moon, or stars, I I don't think I need, when I'm seasick the first day I don't get seasick but I think I would be here you know on top of these waves and just back down and you look at this wall of waves in both directions and they toss your way up and you can see the horizon again if you could see but you can't because it's dark because it's tempestuous because there's wind because there's rain visibility is about six feet oh my goodness who wants this 14 nights of this 14 days of this, when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country, because they would know that, they would hear the waves hitting the shore, they would understand the sounds, they're they're seamen, they understand, and they sounded, and found it 20 fathoms, they sounded, it's like a fathom is about 6 feet, they put knots in a rope, how many they go down, they they, they see, because the rope goes slack, and they say, okay, and then they, you know, pull it back up, and I got 20, you know, fathoms, I know, because they would understand, because they don't want to hit shore, they sounded again, they found it 15 fathoms, Uh uh-oh, it's getting shallower, then this is what, why they're sounding, and fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks and cast four anchors out of the stern and wish for the day <laughs> so they throw out the four anchors some people say they've been found and for my idea for my thinking they have been There's a YouTube video uh look up uh, Bob Cornuke that's C-O-R-N-U-K-E and uh Paul's anchors or something like that and uh, good interesting video you you would enjoy, enjoy it I think if you like that sort of thing uh, and they wished for the day. <laughs> they are hoping, come on, daybreak. We want to see what happens. And the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship. When they had let down the boat in the sea, and the color as though they would have cast out uh, of the foreship. So they, they, They're going to cast anchors out of the foreship. That's the, under the pretense. Said, we're getting out of here. We're going to take this little th- this boat, this dinghy, and we're going to make it to shore, and everyone else forget about it. Paul said to the centurion, to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Uh Uh-oh, this changes. Is Julius taking orders from this Jewish prisoner? Yes, He, he understands now. Why do I listen to this bozo? Yeah, we'll be fine. That little Jewish guy, he seems to know what's going on. He's a God who talks to him. I'm listening to what he says. And the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Why? Because they can't stop and eat. They're trying to save their lives. They're weary. They're, they get a probably a two-minute nap every great once in a while and they keel over and then a, then a wave comes up and wakes them up again. Wherefore I pray to take some meat, for this is for your health, for this shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Literally? Figuratively? I don't know. I would... I would almost say literally, because I think when you take the Bible literally, you do better. When he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. When he had broken it up, he began to eat. Wet, nasty, <laughs> water-soaked bread. Thanks, Lord. Well, oh, it was sustenance. It kept them alive. This Paul saying grace in front of all of them, because he's not a real shy guy. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we
1: were all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls, okay? 276. How many deaths? Zero. Because our God is awesome. When they'd eaten up, they lightened lighten the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Now they have nothing in the ship now. When it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek, with the shore unto the which they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship. I'm going to jam it in there like on a sandbar, and away we go. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves under the sea, loosed the rudder bands, and hoisted up the ma- mainsail to the wind, and made toward shore. Falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. The four parts, stuck fast, remained unmovable, which is what they were trying to do. Good, right? but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. Is that good? I think it is. In this, the soldier's, soldiers counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. Is that going to be a problem? You have to pay for their lives with your life. If they get away, you have to pay their penalty. You have to be jailed instead of them. So let's kill all the, let's kill all the prisoners. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, why? I think he's Paul's friend at this point. Like I say, will we see Julius in heaven? I don't know it, to be sure. But I hope so. And I even I even think so. Centurion willing to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped, all safe to land. And if you counted all their hair, I bet you nobody would have lost even one. Uh... The the, the the wood saved them, right? Because the, the, it floats. And it was broken up, and now they have this little surfboard, right? Broken wood. It saved them. Hey, look. Wood, it's, it, it'll save you. What was done on it? I always think, you know, when we see wood in the scriptures, always a picture of the cross. And I think this is, is a picture of that, too. Uh, God can deliver. God will deliver. God loves. God has a purpose for our lives. God, God hears us gracious and good. And, you know, um, we, we go and we visit people in hospitals, something like that. You know, I very, very often read in the story without all the comment. I don't preach a whole sermon. I just read this. You know, you're in a storm. i let them connect all the dots. You're in a storm. You can't see night or day. You're tossed about. You don't know which end is up. God does. He's not indifferent. You haven't escaped His notice. And I have said this a, a lot of times. They don't ever hear me say, "Christian is defined as somebody who's, a, who's just coming out of a storm, just going into a storm, or is in the midst of a storm." <laughs> it's 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 on the it's it's what's prescribed. We we know God in storms. He's the God of storms. Uh, living in this world, we're going to hit some. I I, I I wish for you fair sailing forever. It's not what's prescribed often. There are those beautiful, wonderful three-hour tours that just go off without a hitch, and it's wonderful. Very often, we have a, a, a chapter like this because we need a chapter like this, because storms are going to hit our lives. We're not going to see the end uh, uh, from the beginning. We're not going to see light at the end of the tunnel. What do you do? Oh, believe Paul. Trust in God. Amen. Let's stand. Receive this benediction. They'll come and send us out of here in song. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Father, we so like how the story ends. Because you're the God of storms. And Lord, I have an idea. Some of the brothers and sisters here at this time are going through some difficulties. Lord, help them to to believe your word and to trust put their trust and faith in you. And Lord, I'm speaking about somebody who's lived with faith in you for almost four decades now. You've never left me high and dry. You've never left me out in the breeze. You've you've never not come to my rescue. You've you're always, Lord, Every time I've put my faith and my confidence and my trust in you, I've never been shamefaced, and I've never been left to the wolves. We thank and praise you, Lord, for being so gracious to us. Bless us now. Bless this, this study of your word to our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: It is our desire to get God's word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org.
1: Grace and peace. And everything I want, out oh dear, I count it all as long. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out.